Welcome to Words of Life, Love, and Freedom. I'm your host, Paul McKibben, and I'm going to be talking to you today about knowing in your heart that the Lord knows you, that He knows everything about you. He knows us when we're at our best, and He knows us when we're at our worst, and all the places in between. So I'm going to start with a scripture uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. This was Paul writing to Timothy. <clears throat> he said, Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Now, when Paul wrote this to Timothy, he had been imprisoned and it seemed to him that a lot of the people that uh, were helping him or that were there for him at one time were leaving him and abandoning, abandoning him. So um, it wasn't just something that he thought it, it really was happening. Everyone seemed to be abandoning Paul when he was imprisoned at this time. <clears throat> and so he was talking about how all these people had had uh, risen up against him and people that had talked bad about him, people that came against him. And so that's why he said this when he said, yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Now let's move uh, into Jeremiah for a moment. Uh, Jeremiah 4.4. 4. It says, O people of Judah and Jerusalem, surrender your pride and power. Change your hearts before the Lord or my anger will burn like an unquenchable fire because of all your sins. Now in this particular scripture in Jeremiah, the Lord was talking directly to Judah and Jerusalem. But I believe that if you were to transfer this into today's day and time, I believe that the Lord is definitely speaking to the people of the world today, telling us to surrender our pride and our power, to change our hearts before the Lord, or His anger will burn like an unquenchable fire because of all of our sins. Now, the Lord gives us warnings when we're messing up. And he lets us know when we've messed up. And he gives us opportunity to get it right with him. But what he's talking about here is our hearts actually changing from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. To be soft and pliable in the Lord's hands. So he can shape and mold us to the way that he wants us to be. And a really good example of being um, molded 
by God is when David, when King David was um, hiding in caves and on the run from Saul and um, and he was different he was experiencing problems with different enemies and things. David says in Psalm 69:18, "Come and redeem me, free me from my enemies." He's talking to the Lord there to free him from his enemies. And he also says in Psalm 71 verse 2, "Save me and rescue me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me and set me free." So David is crying out to the Lord here. And that's what we all need to be doing is we all need to be crying out to the Lord for him to come and save us. Because the Lord is the only one that can save us and he wants to save us, but he will not go against our own free will in order to do that. It takes us making uh, making the effort to, to confess our sin, repent of our sin, and come before the Lord in repentance and and actually accept Him as Savior. And we can do that verbally. But it's something that happens spiritually in the, in the same, at the same time when we do that verbally. When we do it verbally, physically, in this world and this dimension there's also a transference that happens in the spirit that this um, this body that is not housing the Holy Spirit all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in us because we are ruled by our flesh and our evil desires before the Holy Spirit comes to live to live in us and some people may think, well, you know, I'm not an evil person. I've never surrendered to God, but I'm not an evil person. And, you know, there are some people that, that you know, may, may altogether seem like they're genuinely nice people and good-hearted. But the fact of the matter is that if we don't pray and we don't confess our sin and we don't repent of our sin and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we do not have access to the kingdom of God. We do not have access to be part of the family of God. And we need to make those steps. We need to take those steps and repent of our sin and accept Jesus verbally, confess our sins, and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior for us to be able to be with him eternally in heaven in the afterlife you hear a lot of people talk about the afterlife and a lot of these movie stars and TV shows they tend to kind of glamorize it and they they make light of what the afterlife really is well the afterlife is a very awesome thing and I know there's a lot of shows and movies that try to portray that it's an awesome thing. But some people feel like that there's no punishment, that you're just in a different place. 
And that's not true because in the afterlife and in, 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 in eternal life, once this body dies, our spirits will either be eternally in hell or eternally with God in heaven. And there's no questions asked. And if people knew what being internally, being eternally in hell was like, they would be running to the door of Jesus's heart to say, please, Lord, let me in. I want you to be my savior. So, folks, just take my word for it. The Bible, God's word, talks all about different kinds of situations and stories in the Bible about um, that you don't want to be in hell, what hell is like to some degree, and when God's word says that hell is a real place, then I'm going to believe that hell is a real place, and I don't want to take any chances of going there myself. So I made sure that I got right with the Lord, and I made sure that I have an active intimate relationship with my God and Savior. And so, basically, to to have an intimate relationship with God, an active relationship with God, sometimes most of us actually have to go through a, a purging process. And we go through this purging process, which when we get used to the fact that the good things are good for us, and the bad things are bad instead of this uh, swapped philosophy that the bad things are good and the good things are bad. A lot of people tend to feel that way. Um, But when we realize that the good things are good and the bad things are bad, we begin a purging process because we start taking in the Word of God. We start taking in an openness of heart and an openness of mind and spirit into the flow of the Holy Spirit. We start taking in anything and everything that is of God, that is good, that produces life and glorifies God and his kingdom. And we take it in and and internalize it within us. And in turn, as we take the good in, it pushes out the bad, the negative, the evil, the wicked. And so the more we take in and internalize the good things of the Lord, the more of the bad and the evil that we're pushing out of us, we're purging ourselves of the wickedness that we were born with. We're purging ourselves of the wickedness that we were taught either by ourselves or by watching others. Uh, to do and so during this purging process a lot of times our eyes become blinded the enemy has put blinders on us so that we cannot see clearly we can't it's like looking into a fog and it's like a state of confusion at times but we are looking into this fog this cloud uh, a haze And our eyes have been blinded by the enemy. Now, there's a very real situation that happened in the Bible 
that is a very similar experience, a symbolism of this of this kind of situation. It's uh, Saul of Tarsus. He was an evil guy, you know, back in the day, before he got saved. And he was uh, persecuting Christians all over the place. And so he was on the road to Damascus going that way. And he was going to find Christians to have them imprisoned, persecuted, and even killed if possible. And so the Lord visited him on that road to Damascus. And there was a bright light that showed, shined all around him. And it blinded Saul. It knocked him off his horse or whatever it was he was riding on, horse, mule or whatever. I think it was a horse, but it blinded Saul. The light was so bright. So anyways, he had to be led by the hand into the nearest town. So Saul went into the nearest town or went into town and when he was there um, I believe that he was realizing that he had messed up bad. That he was in a situation that he thought he would never get out of. He was literally blind and he couldn't see. And so the Lord led Ananias to go to Saul and to, and to lay hands on him and pray over him that he would receive his sight and that he would get saved and be baptized. And, and um, so um, so Ananias had laid hands on Saul and prayed for him. And it says in Acts chapter 9, verse 18, instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. So that is, that's a biblical example of when we are disobeying the Lord and we are fighting against the Lord and rejecting his call for us to come under subjection to him of some of the things that could happen. God actually blinded, the Lord blinded Saul. And in the end, in the end, Saul got a new name. He was, his name was changed to Paul. And I was actually named after the Apostle Paul. And you know, I'm not going to even try to compare what I've been through to what Paul the Apostle has been through, but um, like the Apostle Paul, I too have been through a lot in my life. Probably nothing compared to the Apostle Paul, but I've had my own trials and tribulations, and everyone's trials and tribulations seem um, pretty significant to themselves in some kind of way, shape, or form, and maybe to others too. 
But when Saul surrendered his heart to the Lord, he regained his sight. He regained his sight and he was healed. Like I said, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. But, you know, there's, the Lord gives us promises with this new covenant that he has instituted with us. And in this covenant, he, he promises that he will protect us. And he promises that he will set us free. He promises that he will love us. And some of these things are somewhat conditional to some degree. And what I mean by that is the Lord promises a lot of things to us. But in some of the promises the Lord gives us, it's somewhat conditional in the aspect that we get out of it what we put into it. If we don't put much time into our relationship with God and we try to get by on the bare minimum of spending time with the Lord, we can't expect to have all this freedom to be free from all these bondages and set free from drugs, alcohol, and all kinds of addictions and things like that. We've got to put time into our relationship with the Lord to receive some of these things. And so, I'm not saying that it can't happen instantaneously, but for the for those that, that may not have put a lot of time into their relationship with God and they instantly receive deliverance, it takes putting time into that relationship with God to continue staying delivered and set free. And that's an important thing to remember because any of us have the ability to receive deliverance from the Lord. And when we receive that deliverance, it can be such a sweet thing. But the second that we stop yielding to God and we start yielding to our sinful desires and our fleshly desires, and we start paying more attention to the things of this world than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we will turn and go back to those sinful desires. We will turn and go right back into the same bondage that we were, that we were wrapped up in all of our lives. And it's a bad thing. That's happened to me before. You know, it's, it's not a good thing to go back, running back to the darn... Um, the, the the bondages and all the chains that weighted us down, the things that they were destroying our lives. It seems like that once we gain all this freedom and we have the freedom to do what we want, which the Lord lets us have that choice. He wants us to serve him, but he's not going to make us. Once we have the freedom and the choice, some people choose to go right back to their their bondages and all their hindrances 
the things that were hindering them in their relationship with the Lord. So in Malachi, it says in Malachi chapter 4 verse 2, But for you who fear my name, this son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. So that's just a, a little glimpse of one of the things that that is so nice and and awesome about our Lord and Savior is there's there's healing in His wings. It talks a lot in Scripture, especially in Psalms, about there being healing in the Lord's wings, being under the shelter of His wings, and and things of that nature and. It's just so awesome that God loves us so much that he would pay the ultimate price and allow his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins just so he can save our wretched lives because he loves us that much because he created us and he don't create no junk. Praise God. That says in in Luke chapter 9 verse 6, So they began their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. Now in this particular passage of scripture, Jesus had sent out the 12 disciples to go into the nearest towns and uh, rebuking and casting out demons and healing people. And so... Um, this is what the Lord has called all of us to do. This wasn't just for the 12 disciples. This was something that the Lord was instituting with the disciples because he wants all of us to be doing these kinds of things. So when it says they began their circuit of the villages, preaching the word, the, the good news and healing the sick, preaching the good news and healing the sick, that's something that, that we should all be doing. This is part of the the commission that the Lord has laid in our lap. So this commission the Lord has laid in our lap is been constructed because the Lord knows us and the Lord knows our capabilities. He knows our strengths, he knows our weaknesses, he knows everything about us, even every little hair on our head. So this brings me to what I'm going to be sharing now. This is um, this is actually the title of this episode. It's called You Know Me. And the piece of poetry I'm going to share that the Lord gave me is called You Know Me. And this was written Sunday, April 24th, 2022. I wrote this at 5.04 in the morning. O God, I praise and worship you this day. I humbly come before you, giving you all the adoration. I just pray that I can find the words to say. I just want to express my eternal gratitude for you saving me, filling me with your spirit, and how you so wonderfully delivered me from the enemy. At just the right time, I surrendered to you. Your spirit overtook me. Your presence saturated me 
And behold, you through your magnificent love set me free. O oh God, you know how hard-headed I was, you and you knew when I would surrender to you, you know me. You, because of your infinite foreknowledge, knew I would turn to you. You knew I would press into you. You knew my eyes would be opened and I would finally be able to see. O oh God, you know me, and I pray that you will always remember me. Please, Lord God, never forsake me and allow me to be the man of God that you have called me to be. O oh God, thank you for removing the scales from my eyes so I can clearly see. My prayer to you, my King, is that you will allow me to be a powerful witness for your kingdom. Use me as a tool for your purposes, healing the sick, bringing the sight to the blind, and setting the captives free. O oh God, you know me. You know me through and through. You, dear Lord, knew that no matter how far I strayed, that your Holy Spirit would lead me back to you. Dear Lord, you know me, and I don't want to be stuck in the past. O oh God, I want your presence to envelop me. Come in, Holy Spirit, and fill me fast. Lord, you know me. I don't have to be ashamed anymore. I can take off my mask. My Savior, you are so loving and wonderful, and it's in your presence that I want to bask. O oh God, you know me, and you have removed my blinders, and now I can see. Dear Lord, you give me wings like an eagle. I spread my wings and soar into the wind because I'm free. Praise God. I, I pray that this episode has touched somebody's life today. And I pray that many lives will be changed through the words of encouraging, the encouraging words and these words of life, love, and freedom the Lord gives me to share with everyone. So y'all have a wonderful, blessed day. God bless you, and I will keep putting these episodes out, and I just pray that as many people as possible will tune in, that they will take to heart some of the things that the Lord gives me to say, and that their lives will be changed, that their hearts will change and turn back to the Lord or will turn to the Lord if it's your first time entering into a relationship with God. Praise God. Have a nice day. God bless you.